You're listening to Guinea Pig and Green. I'm Laura. And I'm Stephanie. And we like talking about health, wellness, and eco-friendliness in a fun and approachable way. In today's episode, we are going over our second Guinea Pig and Green book club book, which is The Go-Giver. So let's get to it. Welcome back to Guinea Pig and Green. Hello, Laura. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hi. So (laughs) we are doing GPG Book Club again. Our first episode of this series was on Tiny Beautiful Things, which is a book that we both adored. And the second book in the series we chose um, because the writer was featured on Marie Forleo, who is someone that we'd really admire. I didn't actually watch that whole interview because it was very long um but uh the book is very short and um so we thought we would choose it as our second book club pick because it's on an idea that appeals to both of us um the idea of giving as it relates to success and ambition and all of these kinds of things but we do want to put a little disclaimer up front which was what laura uh we didn't love it as much as Tiny Beautiful Things, like all yeah. things in life. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I, I think the book is really good, and it has a lot of merits, and I also really like the play on being a go-giver instead of a go-getter. Um, yeah. And, and I think that they, they do tell a really great story. Like Steph was saying, it's a super short book. It's about 130 pages. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the subtitle is a little story about a powerful business idea yeah and I think that on on that level uh, for being a very short book but conveying a really powerful idea I think it does what it sets out to do and I think that like you said there's pretty much nothing else I like as much as I like tiny beautiful things so of course our second book club pick was gonna fall a little bit short of the first one um but that being said like you said, it still had merits, and it was still a book that I enjoyed reading. And I think it's just an important idea that um, is sort of gaining momentum more and more. Um, and so it needed to be written about. So on that level, I think it's it's great for what it does. Definitely. So the book is by Bob Berg and John David mm-hmm. Mann. It was like a two-man thing. <laughs> um, and it's it, it actually surprised me that it was fiction. I don't know if maybe I just didn't get it from the Marie Forleo episode that it was a fiction book, Um, but it took me, like, the first chapter to be like, wait, (laughs) this is actually a story. Um, Well, I I think it's kind of a play on fiction. I read another book recently called The Selstern Prophecy, and um, it's that same, I think it's filed under nonfiction, but they use fictional devices to get their point across. Another book I read lately was The E-Myth Revisited. They do the same thing. It's a business book, but they use narrative to tell the story. So I think technically it's nonfiction. That would be where it would be shelved in the store, I would think. But I think that um, you're right. It's very, it's very much using fiction to move the, or like sort of convey all the ideas that otherwise might have been a bit dry. Yeah, yeah, I I actually, they took a pretty creative approach to it, and Mm -hmm. all of the laws that they go through, I think there are, is it five laws? Yeah. 
Yeah, so they go through five laws, and it's interesting because if you were to take the laws for face value, they might not even sound like it was something that was leaning towards the whole, okay, you have to be more generous, you have to be giving thing. So, for example, the first law, your true worth is determined by how much more you give in value than you take in payment. Like, I, I think that that's, that's something that's existed in the corporate world for years. And it's just the way that they demonstrate it in story, in how the more generous you are, the more value you're able to bring to the table. Um, I think that's where they're actually able to sell that point through. Right, yeah, I agree. I think that in a way, um, even though you say that these ideas have existed in the corporate world for a long time, still when I was reading it, I felt like it was a bit of a breath of fresh air. Like, I was like, oh good, that this is sort of being promoted. Whereas, I guess as someone who doesn't work in the corporate world, I have a sense that these things are not really um, seen as important. Um, Often you know, when I work at jobs, it's not like you don't want to make the customer happy, but like, obviously there's a bottom line. And, um, I think the way that they talk about it in the book is that it's almost not almost, it is better to sort of make that gap bigger between how much more value you can possibly give. And for like, not like the least amount of payment possible, but like increase that gap. Yeah. Does that make sense? That visual of that? Um, so Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting, and I liked that these ideas were being promoted. This book is quite obviously geared towards that kind of sector, I guess geared towards go-getters, like ambitious people who work in companies, and, um, you know, the the protagonist, I guess if you could call him that, in the book is this young go-getter who's always trying to close these big sales, and um, he kind of goes on a bit of a journey with this... um, (laughs) I don't know, like business guru kind of who um, teaches him these five laws of becoming more successful. And it's like the secret of success is to give away as much as you can. Just giving is the bottom line. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess what I was trying to say earlier then was that the idea of like, okay, you have to create as much value for your client as possible is not a new mm. idea, but the way right. that they frame it, it's the framing of mm-hmm. it that's that's totally refreshed. Whereas like value isn't necessarily like additional dollars worth of stuff that you're able to earn for them. Like value can right. be um, a little more intangible than that. And also in creating value, it might not just be value for your client. It could be value for a competitor. And like how does yeah. that help? How does that help you? That was like. I I found that interesting. Yeah. For me, the most, uh, I guess the one that rung strongest with me, and maybe it's because it was kind of like the least about um, the business world in a way, but um, they just, there's one called the law of influence, which says that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. And, of course, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that abundance was my word last year, so it's kind of like a buzzword for me. Um, But when I read that, I was like, oh, that's really cool, you know? um, Not that, like, I'm trying to go through my life having as much influence as I can over other people or over the world, but um, I just, like, you can swap out the the word influence for 
really any other positive word that you want. And um, this idea of just abundantly, abundantly, that phrasing is so good. Abundantly, like without worrying about yourself really or what you're going to get out of it. How abundantly you can put other people's needs before your own. Um, Mm -hmm. Think about what they need and think about what they want and really listen to them and... um, yeah, that idea I think is is really powerful. Not yeah. thinking about like how best can I help right now? Like how what is most convenient for me to do? How much can, you know, how can I uh, achieve my aims as conveniently as possible? Um even as it comes to giving, I think sometimes we're like, okay, well, like I really want to volunteer for this cause and I want to feel good about the way that I'm doing it. Um but to to really think about what is needed. I think that that is a an interesting idea. Yeah, definitely. It was kind of um, tortoise in the hare in a way. Mm. In in that like, okay, being a go getter might give you some really short term gains that are tangible, but if you are more generous with like your time, for example, uh, it's something that might not pay off right away, but is something right. that in the long run is going to give back tenfold. Yeah, but I really like what they say, even as they're introducing that idea, you know, there's still this sense, you know, even as you're saying that, like, okay, it's going to pay off in the long run, but one of the things they say in the book, um, and I have that, I have that total tendency as well, Laura, but um, they say, you know, stop keeping score, just like stop thinking like tit for tat, like, well, if I do this for my partner tonight, then maybe like you know, tomorrow he owes me, or, you know, if I help out a colleague, then maybe then they owe me, but, um, he's like, don't worry about that, don't worry about keeping score, forget, like, trying to find win-win situations, just, like, at one point he says, focus on the other person's win, and then just kind of have faith that, like, at some point, um, you know, like, if you watch it for, for what other people need, then you, you should just have faith that, like, when you need something, then you'll get what you need. But you don't have to worry about this sort of, like, always having this exact reciprocity. And I think that that is, like, a huge tendency of mine and just in the culture to just think about things that way. Yeah. No, I, um, now that we're talking about it, I think that it's it's a really good book. And I think that the laws it puts forward and the ideas that it puts out are super important. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it was just, like, maybe the last chapter where I was like, okay, this is a little cheesy. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but, yeah, the uh, last chapter's a bit, a bit cheesy. The, the last chapter's a little outrageous, and I would definitely recommend reading until the end to, like, yeah. see where they take it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I think that just, like, this little story that they've put together is a really neat package for delivering, like, five laws that... Um, might not land as well in like a blog post <laughs> like, like they could have yeah. easily done a blog post on this <laughs> but um but yeah no it was a neat way to package them and and uh no I I, I enjoyed the book I read it in like yeah. a day it's super short I know um I think that uh one of the things that was really cool another idea that I really liked was just sorry finding the quote from it they're just saying, have you ever wondered what makes people attractive? Like, you know, when you're at a party or something, like people who are attractive. Um, and he says, what makes people magnetic? Well, it's because they love to give and, like, listen to other people and 
all that thing and he's saying it's attractive givers attract other people and I don't know I think that that idea is really like um, I like that idea basically like I like the idea that like people who like to give and are more generous mm -hmm. and more open to looking out for other people are just also more not attractive in the sense like <laughs> like oh everyone's into me but like you know more magnetic like people like them more like how can you how can you have more friends well just be actually really actually interested in other people and what they they want and need I, I just I like the idea of that a lot mm -hmm. totally yeah um was there were there any other parts from the book that stood out for you Okay, so I'm looking at it now, and I have a bunch of pages dog-eared. <laughs> just pick one. I just stopped caring that I'm, like, turning over all the pages on <laughs> in my books. Yeah, that's what you should do with books. Oh, I found a good one for after yours. Oh, well, now you're putting me on one spot. You go first. Okay. Um, I really like this idea a lot, and I think they kind of just slipped it in. Like, it didn't really have that much to do with their idea, like their big giving idea, but um, there's this quote that I just really liked where they say, sometimes you feel, feel foolish and you even look foolish, but you do the thing anyway. And that just felt to me a lot like something that Cheryl Strait mm -hmm. would say in Tiny Beautiful Things. I feel like she did say it at one point. <laughs> We're um, just attributing, like, our favorite <laughs> things of everything to Cheryl. <laughs> She's perfect. But um, I just love that idea. And, you know, there's a scene later in the book after he learns this quote, you know, where he's sort of trying to comfort his wife and he doesn't know what to do and he feels really stupid because he's just lying there, like, basically patting her on the head and being like, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And, like, saying all these things that he just doesn't know if they're helping at all mm -hmm. and just feels like they're not helping. And then she just responds by being like, that's exactly what I needed. I just needed to feel heard. I needed to feel seen. And, you know, he felt so stupid when he was doing it, but it worked. And I just think that that's such a valuable concept to carry with us when we're, like, trying to soothe people or just even listen to them or whatever the case may be, the idea that, like, sometimes you just feel really stupid and, like, you're saying all the wrong things, but you just do the thing. Just do the thing anyway. Yeah. I just really like that. I think I'm just yeah, saying no, I just really like that after everything I say. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I like it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be saying it. But all did right. you find I, one? I found some. I found one. Um, I really liked the idea, and, and this was also uh, something that they sort of slipped in that wasn't one of the laws. Yeah. But it's the idea that ultimately the world treats you more or less the way you expect to be treated. I so highlighted whole, that too. Yeah. So the whole, like, if you're expecting the world to be this dog-eat-dog, like, you have to be a go-getter to make things happen type of way, like, that's the only way that, like, if you expect that that's what's going to happen, mm -hmm. that's how your world will actually be shaped. Right. But when you look at it in, in the go-giver lens um, in, in more of a way of abundance, I guess it, it shapes your world in that way. Yeah. Like to, it's sort of like what you pay attention to as well. Like it's, it's kind of like a, it's like 
uh, vote for mindfulness as well. Like this book has everything, um, <laughs> but just sort of like pay attention to like what it, what you're feeding yourself with and what ideas that you're carrying around with you, what lenses you're looking at the world with. You know, he talks about if you go looking for the best in people, you're going to find it, and if you go looking for the worst in people, you're also going to find that. Um, I think that that's absolutely true. Two people can look at the exact same situation and take away completely different things from it. And um, mm-hmm. and I really just, I think that it's really important for us to remember that. Like, I have noticed lately as well, I don't know if this is, I have no idea if this is an energy thing or if it's just like body language, but I've noticed that if I have some idea about, you know, maybe I think a friend is mad at me or maybe I think that something weird is going on. I just, I always get those vibes back. Like... No, it's true. You you find evidence to support that. Yeah, it's like if you're if you're you like, find oh, she must be mad at me. Yeah, I feel totally. like sometimes it's like you find evidence to support it, and sometimes maybe, and this is where I guess it gets a little bit less <laughs> realistic. But I sometimes feel like the other person can sense it, and then they actually do give you those vibes back. They can sense those vibes from you, and so they sort of respond in kind. And maybe that's just you're paying attention to it, but. Mm-hmm. I, I sometimes think we, that we can affect, I mean, I know we can affect the people around us, um, especially with the stories that we're carrying with us. So it's just something that... No, I think... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I guess it, it ties into what you were saying with like the not keeping score. I think that when people are working together and you're both working under the common assumption that you're not keeping score, it's much easier to not keep score. But when you're up against somebody yeah. who you know to be keeping score or is behaving as if they're keeping score, it's more difficult to be benevolent with that person. Definitely. Yeah, that's 100% true. Um, so, yeah, I think that that idea is, like, all of the ideas in the book are quite powerful. And it's just something that they clearly show that we can take with us into any environment that we work in you know the person that they choose is stressed out and only obsessed with money and has a bad relationship with his wife and all of these things and so it kind of shows that no matter what position you're in you can have a highly unrealistic ending in six months no I'm just kidding um (laughs) like you can apply the ideas to your life as well so Mm -hmm. I, I actually one of the things I really liked about the book is that the main character, it's not like when he learns, okay, he has to be a giver. It's not like he quits his corporate job and goes and works at a nonprofit or a charity or something. Like he learns how to take those ideas of giving back and applies them to his current life. Like he doesn't have to quit his job. He can actually find a way to stay in the same role, but be an entirely different person in the way that he's creating value for other people or the way that he's giving for other people. Right. And of course, the moral is that he's creating more opportunity for himself and in the end, creating more opportunity to actually physically give back in other more traditional sen- the more traditional sense uh, because he opens himself up to just paying attention to the ways that he can give to people close to him and his coworkers and things like that. So, um, yeah, that you don't need to sort of get up and leave and go into an environment that's more conducive to your soul or whatever. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a quick read, but I think it has some good little notes in it, but we gave you the Coles notes if you don't want to listen to read the whole thing, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's still love it. picking up. 
Yeah. This definitely won't be the last time that we are reviewing a book that Marie Forleo has told us to read. No, I already told Laura uh, to read one of the other ones that I am obsessed with. So that we can I have it. it on it's the right podcast. in front of me. I will read it. Good. Put it on your list for the next one. But yeah, so if you guys are interested in reading The Gold Giver, we would recommend it to you. Um, anything Maria Forleo touches is gold to me, so <laughs> um, it's good. And let us know what you think in the comments on our blog or on Twitter or Instagram. We would love to hear from you. All right. Have a great week. <laughs> Bye, Laura. Bye.